0: Welcome to a special edition of the Scientific American Podcast Science Talk. David Biello prepared what follows for his podcast, 60-Second Earth. We are running it as a science talk as well.
1: This is Mike Weber. We received a cable through uh, international programs, which came from the ambassador in Vienna. Uh, And we just want to alert you to this, not that you need to do anything with the information, but to make sure that you have awareness of it.
0: Mike Weber is with the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the NRC, and that's him on March 11th, 2011 informing his colleagues at the agency that a nuclear accident is brewing in Japan following the 9.0 magnitude earthquake and subsequent tsunami. This recording and the others that follow come from those released by the NRC in the wake of multiple Freedom of Information Act requests. Weber went on.
1: It's a uh, brief cable that summarizes the current perspective of the International Atomic Energy Agency with respect to the situation of nuclear power plants in Japan. And there's some uh, somewhat alarming language that talks about, uh, and I'll just quote The IAEA tells us the earthquake triggered a power failure at the Fukushima. The Achi Unit 2 nuclear power plant. And then, when a backup generator also failed, the cooling system was unable to supply water to cool the reactor. Specialists at the IAEA understand the fuel core is still covered by water, but they question if it will remain
0: so. In fact, there would be at least three meltdowns at Fukushima Daiichi before it was all over. The crisis ultimately required the potentially permanent evacuation of tens of thousands of people in a 20-kilometer radius around the nuclear complex. NRC chairman Gregory Jazko wondered how bad it might get on March 12th, responding as Dan Dorman, an NRC official.
1: Where do you think we are in terms of getting now an assessment that includes an unvented or a An assessment that is, is uh, 100% core melt in an open containment, and that, that's a, as you would imagine, a very bad scenario with, uh, with uh, reaching the protective action guidelines out to 50 miles downwind.
0: Those guidelines in the United States are to prevent a significant dose of radiation, roughly 10 millisieverts in a short amount of time. The NRC allows nuclear power plant employees to endure a total of 50 millisieverts of radiation per year. Immediate radiation sickness hits at around 2,000 millisieverts. By March 14th, hydrogen gas explosions captured live on television had blown out the walls and roofs of the Unit 1 and Unit 3 reactor buildings. And then, there was a loud sound from Unit 2, prompting this exchange between NRC officials Jack Grobe in Maryland and Tony Elsis in Japan.
1: Hey guys, when you said a loud sound, what did you interpret that as? I think both of us believe that one of the, comp- the sources, that it, wouldn't, it, it, it wasn't like the other two loud sounds with Unit 1 and 3 when the reactor building blew. Um, you know, my guess is, and it's just, a, it's just a pure conjecture, would it be it was probably when the, the core went X-up.
0: X-up, or X-vessel means, in the jargon of the nuclear trade, melted down nuclear fuel that has burned its way out of the reactor.
1: Okay, landed in you
0: think so what
1: you think is that, that was a steam explosion from the fuel going X vessel and we heard that containment at that point in time went from three atmospheres to one
0: atmosphere. Normally a nuclear reactor operates at pressures far greater than the atmospheric pressure outside. So when the pressure in a nuclear reactor becomes the same as the surrounding environs, it suggests that reactor has a hole in it. At this point, the condition of the melted-down nuclear fuel in Units 1, 2, and 3 remains unclear. Radiation levels remain far too high for a proper assessment. And the crisis would continue to get worse, as Grobe reported on March 14th. Unit
1: four. Uh, Previously was reported as stable. Uh, That is no longer the case. Uh, The Unit 4 reactor is defueled. The spent fuel pool is in. uh, Excuse me. The spent fuel is in the spent fuel pool. Uh, The spent fuel pool is dry, and there appears to be a zirconium fire in the spent fuel pool
0: of Unit 4. And worse, Unit 2 is uh, not in very good condition at all. It appears the core cooling has not existed for quite some time.
1: It appears that the uh, uh, the pumps that were uh, uh, injecting into the core have been deadheaded for some time. Uh, several hours ago, there was a loud sound that appeared to come from inside the drywall. Uh, and at that time, the pressure inside primary containment went from three atmospheres to one atmosphere, essentially uh, atmospheric pressure. Uh, there is clear indication that primary containment is not intact, and there may also be indication that you, uh, that there has been substantial core mouth and possibly even the loud sound uh, and the breach of containment was caused by an excess fuel
0: situation. The consequences of such a meltdown could quickly spiral out of control thanks to the older safety system design in use at Fukushima Daiichi, known as a Mark I containment. This structure, which rings the reactor itself at the bottom, has been known to be flawed for decades, as the NRC's Charles Casto, who flew to Japan to assist, outlined on March 16th discussing the NRC's safety guidelines for this type of reactor, known as a new reg.
1: You know, what, if, if it does, if we end up with a molten core, and then you then you talk about the time for the concrete, you know, to disassociate, it's, you know, that, that new reg says it's a couple of inches an hour, um, you know. And, of course, that Mark I containment is the worst one of all the containments we have. And it's, you know, it's literally... You know, this new rig tells you that in a station blackout, you're going to lose containment. You know, there's there's no doubt about it.
0: No electricity to run pumps to add cooling water to the melting down reactors. Rubble from the earthquake, tsunami, and multiple explosions. Hazardous radiation levels throughout the facility preventing access to vital areas, such as the control rooms that allow workers to operate the nuclear power plant's systems. NRC official John Moninger.
1: Yeah, I mean, they run in the control rooms back and forth occasionally, but they're not really manning the control rooms.
0: Plus, the Japanese had to resort to pumping seawater into the reactors in a bid to cool them. The boiling hot nuclear fuel evaporated the brine, leaving salt to pile up inside. And that made the Japanese nervous the NRC's Casto.
1: And I asked them, could you please explain your concern with the seawater on the reactor vessel? And they said, we're very concerned with seawater deposition and impacts on the bottom heads, salt uh, impacts on the bottom head. And we're very concerned about heat transfer rate on the fuel.
0: With good reason, according to NRC official Brian Sharon talking with Casto in Japan.
1: We can get you some articles that we have here on uh, salt. Um, we've got one here from Naval Reactors Line in there is that they should probably switch over to freshwater sources if they have it as soon as possible. Yeah, when we talked about that and I, and I said, you know, you need your de- desalinization plant or reverse osmosis, and the Navy here is telling me, I don't know, you Navy, the Navy guys can explain more about that stuff than I know about it, but uh, we talked about that and they're prepared to do that. The, the challenges, as you well know, are how to do it. I mean, they can make fresh water, uh, but the challenge is, how do you get fresh water into the reactors?
0: Fukushima Daiichi could have been much, much worse, as Commissioner Jazco observed on March 16th.
1: This is going to progress to the point at which we probably have, we, I think, have to assume at this point that we're going to have three reactors out of control and possibly up to six spent fuel pools.
0: In fact, a plume of radioactive contamination would spread for kilometers around the stricken nuclear power plant, shifting with the wind and weather. NRC official Patricia Hollihan. And over found the greatest concentration
1: of contaminated materials in the northwest of the site. There's a narrow band to the northwest beyond 13 miles from the site where the integrated coordinate doses approach or exceed one ramp. So we made the right decision on our FAR recommendations in evacuating everybody uh,
0: within 50 miles. Thanks to such evacuations and the heroic efforts of Japanese emergency workers, no one has died as a result of the nuclear crisis at Fukushima Daiichi. Tragically, the same cannot be said for the earthquake and tsunami that started the crisis. As the NRC's Casto noted, on March 17th.
1: I mean these people got, it's hell over here for that government. I mean it's just absolutely hell. Now I know we get frustrated with them but man when you think about what they're faced with it's absolutely unfathomable when you got a thousand dead bodies washing up on the shore. You know it's you know these people I don't know I mean we you know we think we'd be prepared for it but it's this is uh it is tough for them and we're over here barking at them about you and I, and I want to do it, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to. But, you know, we do have to be a little patient. They're working They're, they're working hard and they in a lot of challenges.
0: A year later, all the nuclear fuel is now cooled enough that it can no longer boil water or melt down. Japan's greenhouse gas emissions have swelled as it burns fossil fuels to replace the lost nuclear power. And the grieving continues for the tens of thousands who lost their lives in the tsunami as well as the tens of thousands who may never return home to the cities, towns, and villages too close to the stricken nuclear power plant known as Fukushima Daiichi.